Okay, boys and girls, now, just so that you go to the right place today, because if you go out there, there'll be chaos. You need to head back to your seats, back to your families again. So can you do that for me? And you've been brilliant today. You've really helped with everything that's going on. I want to, to say thank you to everybody who's been helping out with this service today. And it's great to have so many of our church family helping and working together, but especially to Dean and to the musicians and our singers up at the front who do a great job every Sunday of leading us in our praise of God. So we're going to have a reading now from Luke's gospel in the Bible. And this is the passage from which we took that memory verse. And it's a verse we're going to think about in just a few moments. So we're going to turn to Luke chapter 22. Luke 22. And we'll read from verse 39 down to verse 44. So this is a short reading. And boys and girls, if you can look along at the reading, okay, and listen really carefully, listen for when that verse that we've been thinking about appears. So Luke 22, and we'll begin our reading in verse 39. We know this is God's Word that we're hearing together. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and His disciples, on reaching the place, He said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Amen. We give thanks to God for this reading from His Word. Now, I'm going to speak to you from down here. I need to get a table of some stuff, so just give me a second and I'll grab all of this. Right, let's see if I can get all this round here without breaking everything. We'll stick that there. That's great. And we'll get the other bits and pieces. Now, I've got some stuff to show you today. And the first is in this bag here, but you maybe are able to see already what this is. Here we go. Look at this. This is the time of the year when cups are being given out. So, in football and in other sport, in BB on Monday night, well done to those who got trophies and shields and cups. And also, last, at last then Friday night, GB, lots and lots of cups and trophies given out there. But this, this is pretty special. This is the Nelson Cup. Am I right in saying that? Is it the Nelson Cup? And the Nelson Cup has been won by the bowlers of Connor Presbyterian Church for the first time ever. Um, I know there are some people here 
who have links with First to Hockle will not say this too much, but last Monday night, they won the final. And I went along to watch the end of it. And you know what? I always thought the Bulls was pretty boring. I thought, you know, I'll go along and I'll kind of show my face. It's the new sport to watch. When Liverpool are playing so badly, then Bulls is the way ahead, okay? Because it was amazing. It was like the tightest match. And in the final end, Connor. Well, it had to go to an extra end. You can ask those who were playing all about it, but it was a long, long evening, and Connor eventually won. And they are the champions, and they won the cup. Now, that is not actually the cup that I want to talk about today. We had, yep, if we can look at the screen here, we, or hopefully we can. Is it gone? Oh, there we go. We had a verse in the Bible where Jesus is praying and he's praying the night before he dies, and he knows what is going to happen. But he doesn't pray, Father, please stop me from dying. He doesn't pray, Father, please make sure that nothing bad happens to me and I get hurt. No, he prays a really strange prayer that you might think is a bit funny. This is what he prays, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Now, it is absolutely nothing to do with the kind of cup that you win, but it is to do with the kind of cup that we use to drink something. And I want to try and help you understand today what it was that Jesus was praying and why He said those words to His Father. And I've got something to drink here in church today. It is Dr. Pepper. Does anybody like Dr. Pepper? Hands up if you like Dr. Pepper. Well, that tells a story, doesn't it? I want to tell you about the first and only time I had Dr. Pepper. It says on the bottle here, so misunderstood since 1885. Well, I really misunderstood it in 1985 when we headed out to do some shopping and we went to the Abbey Center and we went in to get our lunch in the Scandia. Hey, that's how we ruled in those days. We were in the Scandia waiting to get our lunch and the girl said, there's a new drink. It's called Dr. Pepper. Do you want to try it? And if you order it and you don't like it, then you can get Coke or something instead. And that was a pretty good warning. You know, when someone says, do you want to try this, but don't worry, if you don't like it, you can order another drink, you should probably work out this isn't the best. So I got my paper cup of Dr. Pepper, and I took a big slug of Dr. Pepper, and oh, it was about the worst thing I've ever tasted in my life. But they say that your taste buds change over time. And they say that as you get older, the things that you like change. So today, I'm going to have a glass of Dr. Pepper, and I'll see if it's any better than it was back in whatever year that was, maybe around 1985. Oh, dear. That <laughs> it still smells as bad as ever. Is that, what is that? Is that marzipan almond or what? I don't know what that is. Right, here we go. 
Oh, it's the aftertaste. That is wild. Oh, dear. That, it is still as bad as ever. That's why I had the glass of water. Just stick with me for a sec. Yeah, that's better. If anybody wants <coughs> the rest of that Dr. Pepper, do you like it? You'll try it? I think we need to check with your parents first about that, but seriously, if anybody wants to rest that afterwards, be my guest. There is no way I am drinking the rest of that Dr. Pepper. At least I only had to take one little slug. And when I thought, I don't like that, once again, I've decided I'm never going to drink that again. But another time, I was in another country. I was in this really crazy country in Europe, in Eastern Europe, and it was between Ukraine and Moldova. It was called Transnistria. And I was there with Mark Neely. Mark Neely, that guy who got you to sing and all that stuff. And if you go anywhere with Mark Neely, you know that it's going to be trouble after a while. And we went to this place, and we went to a hospital that we were trying to help. And the lady, because we were special guests, she had made her favorite food for us. And it was wrapped in cabbage, and it was like cream cheese. And she said, now, this is a lovely, lovely food that we have. Oh, the, the, the pastors have to take it. So Mark, he took one, I took one, and I started to eat mine, and Mark was trying to eat his, and he was trying to pass his back. And of course, Mark, being Mark Neely, at the end of it, he said, Philip really enjoyed his. He would like another one, and she came back with more. And then another time we were in this lady's house and she brought out this bottle and we thought, no, no, we're pastors. Like we can't. And she said, oh, no, no, this is a special drink that we make and it's really good for people. And it is made of flax. And we thought, that doesn't sound great. But she poured us two glasses and she said, this is a drink and it is very, very good. And we said, oh, no, no, we don't drink. Oh, no, 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 it's okay. We took a drink of it. <sighs> It was the worst tasting stuff, but because we were in our house, we had to drink the whole lot of it. And right at the end, and this is the bit, I don't want to get too technical here, but you know the wee bits at the end? She said, in our house, you have to drink it right the way back because then, you know, that shows that you're glad to be here. So we had to go right the way to the end, and it was absolutely horrible. And what I want you to know, if we look at this verse again, is that that's the kind of drink that Jesus had in his mind. Can we look at that verse? That's the kind of drink that Jesus had in mind when he was talking about the cup being taken away. It's a cup that the Bible talks a lot about. In fact, we need to go back into the Old Testament to know about this cup that Jesus was thinking about. And in the Old Testament, in different places, it talks about this cup. One of the places where it talks about it is in the book of Isaiah. And it says in Isaiah chapter 51, verse 17, listen to these words, awake, awake, rise up Jerusalem. This is speaking to God's people. You who have drunk from the hand of the Lord the cup of his wrath. Now, that's the cup that we're thinking about today, the cup of God's wrath. You who have drained to its dregs 
the goblet that makes people stagger. Now, what's that all about? Well, this was a time when God's people, the people He had chosen, the people that He loved with a special kind of love, had not loved Him. In fact, they were doing all the things that God told them never to do. They were not living for God and loving God in the way that He had called them to do. And so, God was judging them. He was sending punishment to make them come back to Him once again. The punishment that they deserved because they turned their backs completely away from God. And that's what is talked about in that verse, the cup of God's wrath. And it's really a way of talking about God's punishment on them and God's discipline against them. So, if we hear that verse, then it helps us to understand what Jesus was talking about when the night before His death, He said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. And what He was saying is, if there is any other way, if it's possible for you to save people in some other way, please, I don't want to go through this. This is too much. And what was it that Jesus was going to go through? Well, yes, He was going to die on the cross, and that's horrible. It's a terrible, terrible thing. But more than that, what the Bible tells us is that He was taking our sin on Himself, and He was going to take the punishment that we deserve because we have turned our backs on God on His back. And He was going to take the anger of His Father against your sin and my sin on Himself. So, no wonder Jesus didn't want to have to do that job because He was so, so close to His Father. His Father loved Him in such a perfect way. But now, when He went to the cross, Jesus, because He was going to take our sin and the punishment we deserve on ourselves, on us, when He was going to take that on Himself, His Father would have to turn His back on Him during that time. And it was too much for Jesus to think about. In fact, in that passage, it said that He had anguish, and that just means He felt terrible. He felt really, really horrible. And His sweat was almost like drops of blood because He felt so, so terrible about what was about to happen to him. But Jesus was willing to take the cup of God's anger, God's wrath. He was willing to drink that cup in the way that it talks about in Isaiah, right down to even those horrible bits at the end. He would drink it all because what he prays is, yes, I don't want to do this, but it's not about what I want, Lord. It's about what you want, Father. He goes on to pray, yet not my will, but yours be done. Imagine what it would be like in our church, in our families, in our lives, if we lived the way Jesus does. If we prayed that and meant that, in my life, Lord, 
I want to do what you want me to do, not what I want to do. I want to live for you and serve you and obey you in the way that Jesus did. And so Jesus went to the cross, and at the cross, He took that horrible cup. He took all of the wrath against our sin, all of the anger of God on Himself. And here is the good news today, because He did. You don't have to. When you turn to Jesus, when you're really sorry about your sin and you trust in Jesus and know that Jesus died to forgive you your sin, then you don't face God's anger because Jesus did that for you. You do not need to be punished for your sin because Jesus took the punishment on Himself at the cross. He did this for us, and that is really good news this Easter. So, I ask today, when you think about what Jesus was willing to do, have you trusted in Him? Do you believe that His death was for you, and do you love Him? And will you make Him your King? He arrived as a king into Jerusalem. Will you make Him the Savior and the King of your life? Because while I don't really like this drink, it's not really that bad, and I only had to take a sip of it. But Jesus took the worst cup of all, beyond anything that we would ever want to imagine, all the ugly stuff of sin in our world. He took it all so that we would never face the anger of God, so that God looks upon those who trust in Jesus in the same way that He looks upon His own Son. And He welcomes us, and He looks forward to us spending forever and ever with Him, along with His Son. Now, that's good news to hear today. And we're going to pray and give